that's what authenticity really is, is sort of a fierce honesty with yourself and a willingness to share that with other people. Welcome to A Congruent Life, where we share inspirational stories of authenticity and happiness. A Congruent Life is an interview project sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, discovering their passions, and living authentic, amazing lives. Here's your host, Andy Gray. Hi, everyone. Welcome back, and thanks so much for joining me for episode 32 of A Congruent Life. I'm Andy Gray, and thanks so much for being here today. On A Congruent Life, we explore themes of authenticity, particularly those where people hit some sort of critical junction in their lives and then reinvent and live their lives in a way that's more congruent for them. That's the case with today's guest, Alana Burke. Alana knew that she was going to be a professional dancer until a physical accident on the eve of her big debut forced her to find a new direction for her life and make peace with her physical limitations. I love Alana's perspective on vulnerability and how rather than treating it as a weakness to be hidden away, she's embraced it and made it a core of her business success. I'm talking today to Ilana Burke, who is a business educator and designer and the founder of a creative agency in Portland called Makeness. Ilana, welcome to A Congruent Life. Thank you, Andy. It's nice to be here. Let's start, Ilana, just at a high level. How do you introduce yourself to our folks? Well, let's see. Um, I, as, as we've talked about, you know, I've had a difficult time really articulating myself from my business and, and pulling those two things apart. So uh, I would say that um, I am a creative professional and I'm also a person who uh, really enjoys a rainy day and a good cup of coffee, probably the two reasons why I moved to Portland. Um, I am somebody who has gone through a lot of professional and personal transitions in my life from being a professional dancer to retail manager and all the things in between. And, um, and now I find myself helping other people find their bliss in their work. And I think that that's probably how I'd introduce myself at a party <laughs> if I had to. <laughs> And that's great. And just in those couple of minutes, I think you touched on some of the main points that, that we like to talk about on this show, and, and in particular, why I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, first of all, there is sort of this this challenge, as we were just talking about, in terms of defining ourselves and, and sort of the conscious alignment of our professional personas and our personal ones and how those things intertwine. In many cases, they don't. And when we can construct our lives in a way that those are integrated, things get really sweet. Life gets so much sweeter. And you, you've talked some, too, about some of that transition. So let's maybe tell some of those stories. Let's talk about kind of the early part of your career. You mentioned professional dancer, which is amazing. How, how did that happen? And, and what was that, uh, that part of your life all about? Well, the... The early part of my life was really all about performing. Uh, I have been dancing since I could walk and um, made that all the way through college and was part of a, a dance troupe in San Francisco. And uh, the night before we were supposed to leave on a European tour, we were going to be performing at the World Dance Festival in Prague and it was going to be my big moment. I was like 19 and it was all happening finally after years and years of work. And uh, on our final rehearsal the night before we were supposed to leave, I dislocated my shoulder and had a, and got a severe concussion. And 
couldn't go because I couldn't fly with a concussion. And it was like the moment when, you know, the ship that had come in sort of sailed back out again (laughs) without me. (laughs) And uh, it was a really pivotal moment for me because all of all the people that I worked with, all the dancers I'd worked with all kind of went off and did their thing. And I had to sort of find a new path. And um, that, you know, led to years of kind of bouncing around from job to job and trying to find my way in the world now that I wasn't defined as this performer. And this, you know, that was my whole world for most of my life up until that point. And um, I found my way after job after job, I found my way to an MBA program. And um, the MBA program that I did was in sustainable enterprise, which was, you know, extremely important to me. I'm totally a Northwest greenie. And (laughs) um, I studied sustainable business when it was like a totally new idea and new concept. And nobody had heard of what, you know, green was like just starting to be cool. And um, I sort of discovered through that 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 also wasn't really the place where I wanted to hang my hat, that it was a little bit. Um, I didn't ever really want to be an entrepreneur, and I saw the, the most important work that needed to be done in that needed to be done at big corporate levels, and I really wasn't, that wasn't the place where I saw myself. So I started to really pursue entrepreneurship and um, trying to find ways of sparking my creative passions from, you know, years as a dancer and artistic person, kind of trying to combine that with, um with business and with, you know, a way to make a living. So uh, that's sort of the beginnings of how I found myself where I am now. What a pivotal time. I, I trying to imagine that kind of scenario where the, the night before your big trip, uh-huh. you suddenly had this abrupt, abrupt change. It's like, wait a minute, Alana, you've been preparing this for a long time, but now you're physically not going to be able to do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and as a young woman, that must have been a very difficult thing to to deal with. How how did you approach that situation? How did you kind of work through that emotionally? A lot of ice cream at first was really... <laughs> no, um, no, in all seriousness, it was actually a really crazy experience because I'd been dancing for so long. I was really, you know, I was accustomed to injuries and pain and um, and the, the fall that I had, it was a, a troupe that did aerial dance work. So um, we were used to falling all the time, you know. Um, and the, the ironic part was we danced in this net that was like suspended, you know, several feet over the stage. And I didn't fall out of the net. I fell when I was standing on the ground. <laughs> and, um, so it was this really dumb fluke experience. And it was like, I was convinced that I was fine. And I drove home with a dislocated shoulder and a concussion. And, um, and I never saw any of my dancer friends, any of the people in the troupe ever again. They all got on a plane the next day and I never saw any of them ever again. And um, it was like devastating. I mean, obviously it was, you know, it was like paralyzing. It changed my whole world. And, Um, I didn't know what to do with myself the next day. I had no job. I had no source of income. I was, I was supposed to be moving out of my apartment. Um, and I, you know, the bandaid I put on it was once I healed, I had just enough money in my bank account to buy a ticket to Europe. So I did what any good, you know, bored 19 year old should do. And I got on a plane and went to Europe for three months. Um, and I, you know, I kind of bummed around trying to find something to fill that void, you know, uh, and I didn't really find it. You know, it was um, it probably took me a, a good decade, I would say, to 
sort of find my way back to something that sparked that same sense of passion and um, and liveliness that felt real and you know to use your word authentic <laughs> um, that it took it was a long journey back you know it was uh, I think the moment when I'm sure we all have those moments in our lives when we're cruising along in one direction and then all of a sudden a brick wall just sort of pops up and you either hit it or you turn left and to avoid it and have to go in a whole new direction and that was absolutely that moment for me so um you know and then I think uh, several more moments like that <laughs> happened along the way uh as a result you know of like that kind of not really having any control anymore you know as a dancer it was like it was all about discipline and control and perfection and you know physical strength and over the, you know, the subsequent five years or so, those things kind of all sort of melted away one by one, which was really interesting. I was, you know, I grew up really an overachiever. And I, um, after my accident, I um, developed some other health issues that really became very limiting in what I was able to do physically. And I went from being this really highly physical person to being really not able to do all that much physically. Like I started to develop arthritis in my feet from, um, from dancing and, uh, and some other, you know, issues <laughs> I probably don't really want to share super publicly that, um, became quite disabling and made it very difficult for me to hold a job over, over my life and, pushed me further and further down the road to, or to entrepreneurship, which is, you know, where I find myself now, which is pretty cool, actually. So, yeah, so that's kind of how I handled that. I wandered for a decade. <laughs> it really is an interesting juxtaposition that you depended so much on your physical capabilities in the early part of your life. And, and that was such a driver for the things that you engaged, the activities that you pursued and, and the direction that you saw your life going. And then as those things slipped away, uh, it must have been particularly challenging to sort of reorient your your mind and your vision and come to grips with your physical vulnerability. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting observation. I hadn't really thought of it that way before because it's and it is very true. I mean, the first half of my life were all about using my body to further my life. And then the second half has really been all about using my mind because my body was just not cooperating anymore. So um, that's such an interesting observation. I never really thought about it like that, but it's incredibly true. And I find myself now actually at this point in my life trying to finally put those two pieces back together so that they're not separate things. You know, I think that for a long time I held a lot of resentment. <laughs> like I think I actually developed an adversarial relationship with my body. <laughs> I, you know, I was pretty angry. Like it was, it had failed me, you know, it had always been my strength was no longer my strength. And it just, it failed me again and again in ways that I just couldn't control. And, um, and the thing I could always fall back on was my, you know, intelligence and smarts and just ability to kind of think on my feet. And now I'm starting to get to that place of realizing that that now can only take me so far where I need to bring physical strength back into alignment with um, emotional and mental strength. So that's that's part of my personal journey as we speak, that that's a big part of uh, what's driving my life in the present. That makes great sense, and that's a beautiful observation. Uh, what are some of those ways that you're you're reconciling that? You said you're starting to feel like those are starting to come back together. 
Well, you know, I, um, I'm a kind of rebel spirit in case you hadn't gathered that already. I, so I ha- I've always had a really, really difficult time, you know, doing things like going to gyms or following systems. Like I just, the minute I, I'm the person that buys the gym membership and then never goes, but I keep paying for like years because tomorrow might be the day I do it, you know? Um, <laughs> and I, I really have, I had to make peace with that of just realizing that that is just not how I'm set up. That, um, you know, dance for me was something I could kind of do in my living room or I could go to the studio or, you know, um, some of the other things I did, I was a rock climber competitively when I was, you know, in my teenage years. And those were all things that were like really solo and ways of expressing myself and pushing myself. And when I couldn't do those things, other things just felt, wrong to me you know I tried to go to yoga classes and I tried to do these things that were really physical and they just I'm just not much of a joiner (laughs) anything in a group just made me just shut down so um, I actually found a really wonderful yoga teacher here in Portland that comes to my home and is doing yoga classes with me in my home and it's been like the most incredibly transformational experience of my physical life bar none like it's just to have somebody um, who is really savvy and who is willing to just meet me where I am and help me through the process of healing the relationship that I have with my body because it really is has been a process of healing for me. So um, I think making peace with the limitations that I have now has been quite a process. And, um, you know, when you're somebody who grows up really physical and is very flexible and can leap tall buildings in a single bound, it's like, you know, when I go to touch my toes and my fingers don't reach, it's like the most painful, frustrating, just like I want to tear my hair out and quit. And um, so working with somebody in my own space has been profoundly life altering. So uh, I think that's really key for me. And, And something I would say to other people as well is like, you have to kind of find what works, you know, it's like, I think authenticity is so much about that of finding what, what works for you and not beating yourself up when you don't fit into the molds that you see around you that you see everyone else fitting into. So um, that's been a really big shift for me. And it's something that's really only happened over the past year of, of starting to heal that relationship. And um and finding my own physical strength again in whatever form that takes in the next, you know, stage of my life. When you realized that your your career, your journey wasn't going to be about your physical body and you started thinking about business, mm-hmm. what did you envision that looking like? Did you expect that you would be doing the corporate thing and go work for some big company in a <laughs> business kind of way? Well, you know, it's funny. I think when I remember when I was a little girl, the movie um, Working Girl came out with Melanie Griffith. And uh-huh. I wanted to be Melanie Griffith so bad. Oh, my God. I wanted the corner office. I wanted to live in New York. And I wanted to wear heels and nylons and wear a suit every day. I thought that was like the coolest thing that could ever happen to someone. Um, I grew up in a really small town in the mountains. So I didn't know anybody that wore heels to work every day. <laughs> so um I thought that just sounded so fantastic. So I think in the back of my mind, even, you know, in my pre-business years, I think I always had this like vision of being part of the 
the business machine. And, um, and then of course, once I got the MBA and started to kind of go to job interviews and go, Oh wait, that is not that fun. Actually. (laughs) I, um, my attitude obviously started to shift pretty profoundly that it was like, we live in this magical time where you can work in your living room in your pajamas and you can be taken seriously and you can say naughty words and people still like you and they could still consider you intelligent professional. And I was like, Oh my God, I live in the coolest time that ever happened. (laughs) And why in God's name would anybody want to work in a cubicle if your option is sitting on a beach with your laptop? So, um, I think that my vision for what being part of the business world could be shifted pretty profoundly. And um, my journey into what I do now is actually really kind of roundabout. I, I started, I mean, you know, I mentioned that I'm, I've always been sort of a creative person. Well, when I left my last job, uh, my last actual job job was I was a national sales manager for a coffee company in um in California and I left my job and was tired of you know traveling and being on the road and just travel and the whole bit which is it was probably the closest thing I ever had to like a corporate job but it was a smaller startup and um I was just like so disenchanted <laughs> with with the whole idea of being an executive and all of that and um I just was looking for a fallback and I started designing jewelry and accessories and I started this whole line of jewelry and accessories and um, selling on Etsy and was finding myself just bored out of my mind because I just didn't want to make earrings for the rest of my life and uh, it just wasn't for me the rep- the repetition of it just wasn't for me and um, but the funny thing was I started my blog I called it makeness because it was about being in the business of making things and that was how the name came about was it was like a maker's business and slowly but surely I realized that there was other bloggers out there that were doing a way better job of writing about crafty business (laughs) than I was because I didn't really know what I was doing and um, I started people started asking me questions about general business and I realized that I had all of this business experience that I was not really tapping into and so I kind of went, well, make this kind of works for make a business. I'll just keep it. So <laughs> the name just sort of stuck and I, and I've been um, stuck with it ever since. And I, and now I love it. Of course, it's memorable. It's a great name. Yeah. People love it. So, um, but it just shifted into that. So it started as this like crafty business blog and to support my jewelry and accessory design business. Um, and it shifted into like, oh, well, I guess I should just start talking about regular business and other challenges. And slowly but surely, I, you know, became more of a writer and blogger and started getting known for that and started writing ebooks and courses. And, um, and then that eventually shifted into doing web design work for clients as well. So um, that's the sort of circuitous path of (laughs) how I wound up here. (laughs) But one that I wouldn't trade a second of because I think it's been a really um, organic process for me that feels really right. So, There's a couple aspects of your entrepreneurial journey that I'd like to maybe talk a little bit about. Yeah. Uh, one is when we were talking a while back, you said we were talking some about vulnerability mm-hmm. and you said something to the effect of 
what many would consider weakness has become a centerpiece of my business and how how I operate and how my business has been successful. Mm. Can you can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, of course. Um, well, you know, I've touched a little bit on some health challenges that I've faced, and um, without going into too much detail on this part, um, I I have a very severe case of endometriosis, and your listeners are more than welcome to Google what that is. <laughs> but the um, the gist of it is, I deal with a pretty tremendous amount of pain. That's not something that I can really do much about, other than you know taking narcotics and having surgery repeatedly. So. Um, I, my business was kind of birthed actually out of a necessity to have a schedule that could work around my fluctuating pain levels. And I spent a lot of years trying to hide it from people because I thought that that weakness would be regarded as, you know, I wasn't looking for sympathy. I wasn't looking for that, the commiseration. I didn't want any of that. And um, I wanted to just be respected for being a person, and that's you know who I am and what I do. And uh, but the fact was, it it's a huge part of why I'm in business for myself, and I wouldn't trade it for the world because had I not been kind of knocked over by pain, I probably would have just stayed in my job. Like I probably would have just kept climbing that ladder because it's just sort of what you do. You know, I may never have actually questioned that. And so that vulnerability has slowly emerged as not only the catalyst for starting my business and, and framing it the way that I have, but it's also become um, something that I can talk about openly and with um, respect for the fact that it's, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, your vulnerability can be your strength is, is what I'm trying to say is that like, um, I, now it's like, I tell my clients when I start a new client relationship, I tell all of my clients that this is a reality for me and that, um, that may require some flexibility around our schedule and I may have to cancel things and I may have to move things around, but, um, it's part of life, you know, it's part of who we are. And I think that's the beauty of being solopreneurs in this sort of new economy we find ourselves in is that there's room for that, that we get to be people, we don't have to be companies. And uh, that's been like a huge part of how I've grown my business is, is around talking about that openly. Um, and not in a way that's like asking for anything from anyone. You know, I, I manage it, I'm doing fine on my own. And uh, but it's um it's profound when you start to really look at the things in your life that that we're told kind of societally traditionally that we're supposed to just sort of keep behind closed doors how how much those things like need to see the light of day more than anything else uh because otherwise it it you know festers into shame and into um into those like inside weaknesses when you can't let those things out. So um, that has been a huge part of my business. It's like I, I've started talking about it more and more probably over the past year or two and uh, finding ways to communicate about it where it doesn't sound like I'm asking for sympathy or like I, I am looking for that commiseration. I Because re I'm really, I that doesn't interest me. You know, I don't find that to be the place. That's not what I need from the group of people I serve. 
That's a beautiful response, being able to be real and, and authentic, you know, back to that word again. It's yeah. living your way and, and conducting your business in a way that that works for you and is genuine. And like you said, isn't something that you have to put behind closed doors and you just say, this is this is me. This is what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah. I mean, it's part of like when I do client work, I do a lot of consulting and coaching with my clients. And um, it's part of every call. Like, uh, you know, a lot of consultants and stuff, they schedule their time by hour long sessions. And it's very like, this is the start, this is the end. Well, I do mine on a session basis. So all of my calls are scheduled between 60 and 90 minutes because sometimes we spend 20 minutes talking about what's happening in my life, in my client's life, because we want to meet as people because that's where the, that's where the good stuff is. Like that's where the hidden ideas are. That's where the, um, the vulnerabilities are, the things that might actually prevent, you know, idea B from happening if you aren't considering circumstance A, you know what I mean? So, I really like foster that in my work of of putting pieces together for people. That's what a personal brand really is to me is like, how can we take all of the pieces in your life and put them all together so that you don't have to hide anything. So you don't have to work at maneuvering around this big elephant in your life, you know, that you're not accustomed to dealing with or talking about. And um, and I think I, that comes from a place of, you know, using that word again, authenticity. It's like, because it, I, I authentically experienced that in my life and in my business. So I think it's something that positions me uniquely to help lead people through that process. And um, yeah, so I really enjoy that. And I, I love that I have clients that clamor for that. <laughs> it's, it feels, I feel deeply honored to share that process with people. The whole point of I can grow at life is to talk about authenticity. Again, we're using that word over and over again. Um, but or to to live congruently, really, as the the title of the show says. So, based on everything that you've learned throughout your life, what does authenticity mean to you? Oh, I knew this question was coming. <laughs> um, I think for me, authenticity means it, it's it's almost synonymous with transparency in in some way that like finding ways to really express and show the the tough stuff like um because i think anytime that you hide the hard parts or the rough bits or the the not so pretty parts you're you're creating a lie around them like that's how you know that's how we pad those moments is we we pad them with the little white lies. We pad them with the, um, the, it's like bumpers around the things that we don't want the people out there to know. Right. And I think those are like, you know, I think of it like cells, right? If all the pieces of your life are like cells and they are always bumping into each other and they need each other to work. And it's like, if one of them has this tiny bit of like disease, it can disease all of the cells around it. And it can infect all the cells around it. And it's like, to me, if you aren't uh, like being out of congruency, being incongruent in your life, being out of authenticity is like when you sort of just let that thing sit there and fester and infect everything else instead of just like letting it out and letting it play with all the other children, you know, letting it mingle with all the other cells of like how all those pieces fit together. Um, that's what authenticity means to me. So. Uh, I think, you know, to kind of bring those pieces together of all the, of the conversation we've been talking about, it's 
um, being able to like to talk about my experiences in the past openly and freely and finding ways to do that. It has been a process towards authenticity for me. And I think it is a process because we all, we, we, of course, we all have our secrets. We all have the things that we do in a dark room when nobody's looking <laughs> or the things we think in the dark parts of our mind that we can't ever really fully let out. But we try. And I think that authenticity for me is about the continual process of trying to let light in to, to all of those little dark places um, and and finding ways of aligning the things that may not seem like they should be aligned. You know, the things in our lives that that don't necessarily look like they would fit together on the surface, but finding creative ways to help them all kind of play nice together. I think that's what authenticity really is, and is sort of a fierce honesty with yourself <laughs> and, um, and a willingness to share that with other people. So what's going on in your world now, Alana? What are you, current projects are you excited about? Well, um, I am in the process of really shifting how I do my business that in the past I've taken a lot of, you know, over the past year or so I've taken a lot of just, uh, of simple, more simple website projects that are just like a straight website. And I found that I'm doing a whole lot of work with my clients around education. And so I'm really starting to realize that I do a more all-encompassing service and I really help people go from idea to business, like the whole process of let's hone your pricing, let's hone everything that you do, let's put all the pieces together. So that's like my big professional project is around um, helping people that are just like have no idea where to begin to start something on their own and um, both brick and mortar and online, like I work with kind of both ends of clients. So um, so that's sort of my professional life. And personally, my kind of passion project right now is around um, the the whole idea of democratizing business education, that I have like this massive bug up my ass about <laughs> about the incredible volume of business education out there, both like part of institutionalized education and business schools and also in the online space of um, of courses and ebooks and everything that there's just so much information out there and people are charging so much money for it. And I think that with the beauty of the internet as it is, there should be something that's available for free or for very low cost for people so that anybody can take advantage of the amazing times that we live in. So, um, I have no idea what that looks like authentically. <laughs> I have no idea where that passion is going to take me but um i'm i'm working on it and that's it's a work in progress and i'm looking for co-conspirators to get passionate about that with me because i think it's going to take a bunch of people to get an idea together that we can bring together some really brilliant ideas and people and um instructors and offer something that can be really incredible and really revolutionize the way that people learn about business and entrepreneurship and solopreneurship and because I think it is the key. And I think that we live in a time where just about everybody can be an entrepreneur if they want to. And um, I just want to help people see that. So I know that those are both professional things, but my business is my life. I love it. I love what I do. I love the people I serve. And it's um, the things that I think about before I go to bed at night. And the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning, <laughs> and I wouldn't have it any other way. So 
Uh, that's fantastic. It sounds really exciting. Sign me up. Let me know how I can help. That's really cool. <laughs> that's great to hear. I, you know, I, I hope that I come up with some kind of framework for this because it's like, it's really just the thing I just can't stop thinking about. I, um, you know, I had a mentor actually, I know we're just wrapping up, but I'll tell a quickie story real fast. Um, I had a mentor in business school that taught this incredible critical thinking course that was the foundation for our whole program. And her dream, she had co-started the program I was in for my MBA. And um, her dream for their MBA program was for it to be free. Like that was the, the end goal of like, however they, if they came up with endowments or donations or sponsors or something, she wanted to find a way to have people leave the program without any debt. And she, they haven't gotten there yet. They're part of a bigger institution. It's probably not something that will ever happen. But I think that that's because it was an institutionalized program. And I think that there is a way to do that with the internet, with the power of a bunch of people that are really smart getting together and going, how can we teach what we know? Um, and how can we make it possible for people to learn this and do it without spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to learn it? You know, I'm tired of the the whole idea of like the ivory towers of education. I think that it's high time that it changes. And, you know, in a nation where people are just totally buried in student loan debt and our economy is what it is, it's like, why is this not happening already? <laughs> so I think this is my big idea. You know, this is the thing that will take me into the next phase of my life. So I hope that I can be part of leading that charge. That's very exciting. Yeah. How can our listeners connect with you, Ilana? Um, they can find me on Twitter at um, ilanaburk.com. I'm going to spell that for everybody. It's I-L-L-A-N-A-B-U-R-K. You can also find me on Facebook um, forward slash makeness. And you can find me at makenessmedia.com. I'm really easy to find. You can also just email me at alana at makeness.com. So, um, yeah, and I'd love to get in touch. I do consults with people if they have questions about business. If they're not sure if I can help them, um, I'm happy to talk to you. So get in touch. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll certainly link to all that in the show notes. Lovely. And is there a final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with about authenticity? Mm. Uh, you know, it sounds super lame. I live in Portland and I'm surrounded by Nike. And I, <laughs> my first thought was just do it. <laughs> um, you know, the moment when I shifted my perspective on hiding the parts of me that I didn't think people wanted to know or that I didn't think I should share, the moment when I started to actually let that out and let people see all of me and let people see the truly authentic me was the moment when my business took off when um, friends that were wonderful started flooding into my life um, and I I just encourage everybody to do that as early and as young as possible because your life will be better for it so that's how I would leave my last thoughts <laughs> Well, Alana Burke, it's uh, delightful that our paths have crossed in this way. Really grateful for that. And thanks so much for taking the time today for this conversation and sharing your stories. It was my pleasure. Thanks, Andy. I had a great time. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Alana Burke. Thanks to Alana for sharing her journey so beautifully and honestly. Since this is episode number 32, you can find the webpage for this episode at acongruentlife.net slash 32 or acongruentlife.net slash Burke. That's B-U-R-K.
Thanks also to those of you who have been leaving reviews for the show, including The Overwhelmed Brain, Anthony, Birddog One, and Dino. I'd really appreciate it if you take a quick moment to jump over to the iTunes store and leave a review for A Congruent Life. You can click the icon on the website or go directly to acongruentlife.net slash iTunes. Thanks so much. A Congruent Life is supported by Black Crater Software Solutions. Want help bringing your idea to life on the web, on mobile devices, or on the desktop? Please check out blackcrater.com. Once again, thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. I really appreciate your support, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. For more, please visit us on the web at acongruentlife.net. Do you have feedback about the show or suggestions for future guests? Please contact us through the website or send an email to feedback at acongruentlife.net. See you next time.